the MC was going through all of the elite athletes' names, <laughs> and giving them their introductions, and definitely highlighting some of the favorites. And there I was, right behind them, kind of. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Welcome to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast with your hosts Norman and Jody. Discover the inspiring stories of the average and not so average runners. And they're off. Welcome back, everyone, to another exciting podcast from Gotta Run Racing. Hello. We've got a great show for you today. Yeah, so excited. But first, we're only two weeks away from Lost Treasure. That's right. It's coming up fast. And it's snowing. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> we woke up to snow this morning, but we'll get it done. We'll, oh, yeah. We'll get it done. Sun's coming. Yeah. <laughs> It was a big weekend for women in ultra running. Sure was. So in addition to Jasmine of Canada winning the 100K at Canyons, another Canadian winner of the 50K, Natalie Short. And then at Whiskey Basin, we have Elsa McDonald, Canadian, outright winner of the 90K. And a uh, female outright winner of the 60K, an American. <laughs> Great. Unbelievable. Let's keep going. Yeah. <laughs> go ladies. Yeah, go ladies. <laughs> cool. So who's on the podcast today? Well, we have Jasmine Lowther from Nelson, BC. Who just recently came off a big win at the Canyons, winner of the 100K. She's got a golden ticket to Western States. I can't wait to hear all about this. Oh, yeah. What an exciting finish. Yeah. She she wasn't in the uh, opening introductions of interviews of runners by <laughs> i run far but they sure talked to her after the yeah, event yeah wondering, who is this girl i bet she wasn't on the prediction list nope <laughs> but now everyone's gonna be watching her at western well anyways we'll get to all that coming up well welcome to the podcast jasmine lowther from nelson bc yeah, thank you so much for having me here. I'm really excited to be on your podcast today. And huge congratulations for your big win at Canyons 100K this past weekend. Yeah, what a crazy thing. And <laughs> I mean, I'm still waking up in disbelief that that happened. Yeah, but it, it's real. And I guess I'm, I'm uh, Western States is only eight weeks away. So uh, here we go. <laughs> Well, we were just saying in our intro that it was a huge weekend for women in the ultra world between the two Canadian winners at Canyons and then Whiskey Basin outright winners, Elsa McDonald, Elsa McDonald and, yeah. um, and Natalie, I believe. Okay. Yeah. 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 I saw Elsa's uh, big win. And in one sense, I'm not even surprised. Of course, she came <laughs> overall winner. But yeah, it, it's super cool to see and watch. It sure is. Well, we'd like to start at the beginning. So if you could just give us a brief history of your running background. I know you're, you've been pretty active in a lot of different sports, but how, how and why running? Yeah, absolutely. My story with running, I guess it's, it, it was almost right away when I was a, a small little kid in grade school. So about age five to 12 I I always was on the cross-country team in my um, grade school I think even then something in me was a competitive fire totally innate I never lost a race I always 
<laughs> came in first place, except for one where I stopped to tie my shoelaces. <laughs> they were um, getting my in my way, and I stopped and tied, and that was my one race where I came in second. But <laughs> you know, I can look back at that, and I'm always. Um, it's a good laugh. And it's also was probably a good ego check for, for me at that age. <laughs> and then into high school, there was less of a cross country team available in my town. And I actually, I did grow up in Nelson, British Columbia. So I was already there at that, at that time. Soccer was a huge thing for me. So I would be playing soccer after school. I was even on a high school team. So during school hours, I was also playing soccer. So you can imagine it was already building up quite a few Mm -hmm. hours during the week. Mm -hmm. And then at the the same time, I was also doing a lot of dance. So ballet, modern jazz, all of these different types of dance classes, which were super fun, um, but also very you know, in ballet, I would say you're learning so much about um, your spatial awareness and your core. And it's a very, it is a very intense form of movement, but I'm, I'm super thankful for that. Uh, and very disciplined too. Very disciplined. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 At the same time of the soccer, I was also on in three or four different dance academies mm-hmm. and also during school hours. So I think in the one year, I would be playing soccer during a block of of school and then doing dance class during a block of school. And then after school, also doing the two things. So I don't even know how I did it. I don't even know how my parents managed it. But it must have been pretty crazy. Um, That was probably helped uh, build that solid foundation for an athletic base. And then throughout university, it dropped off a lot. I still kept up with running, but just pretty, pretty low. It was super casual. It was just to stress, stress best and move about a little bit and be healthy. Where did you go to school? Um, in Victoria at, oh. at University of Victoria. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I was studying biology there. Yeah, it was a great time. And it was around then that I started to get into rock climbing. By the time I graduated and the years after, I I started to get really into sport climbing. um, And then I was getting into trad climbing. And then I got into alpine climbing. Wow. Yeah. So with those three things, especially alpine climbing, I would say that one is the most, it's, it's the most endurance of the disciplines. You're out there all day long. Sometimes you're on the rock for uh, t- 10, 12 hours wow. more. Um, <laughs> sometimes you're the people with the headlights on at 12 o'clock at night trying to get off of a huge wall. <laughs> but yeah, it builds this that mentality of endurance where you're going to be out there for a long time and you just have to keep moving. It's the right. same thing. The, the muscles that you're using obviously are very different, but um, th- that same sort of mental check. So, yeah, I was super into climbing. I, I wanted to get into big wall climbing and, you know, go to Yosemite and go to Alaska and all of these places. Then this thing happened and 
I signed up for just a little mom and pop race right in my backyard. And uh, it was a 50K. And I was still climbing a lot, but I would just huck in a, a, a long run like once a month. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was my training plan. And I wouldn't even call it a training plan. It was the most unorganized thing. I, I had no idea what I was doing. Just like, oh, okay, I w- I've got a, this 50K coming up and I better do something about it. <laughs> um, yeah, I would do like a, a 20K one month and then a 30K the next month. And then it's like a marathon for the first time. And it took me a really long time. Um, I think my parents and they came and biked along beside me. <laughs> <laughs> I could hardly walk. I got runner's knee after, you know, like not prepared at all. And um, I couldn't even run a month before the race because my <laughs> runner's knee was so bad. And then even the morning of the race, I was like, oh, I'm probably going to come dead last or something like that or not even be able to do it. Yeah, I'd go through the race. It was super fun, pretty chill, you know, probably 40 runners, if that. Up, uh, You go up this mountain and then you come back down and it's it's all in mountain biking trails. So it's super mm. fun. Trails. Yeah, ended up doing really well. I came third overall and was definitely the first for the, the women's. From that, it was like, oh, okay, well, maybe... <laughs> Maybe, maybe you got something I, here. Yeah. Maybe if I actually trained, it could be something more. And mm. that's actually, that was when Dave Stevens, uh, a fellow Canadian runner, and he's done amazing in, in many races in, in Canada and the States. He approached me and, and he said, you know, Jasmine, I think you really do have a talent here and mm. I would love to coach you and, and see where this goes for you. Yeah, I had no idea what even a coach would do. <laughs> um, but he he totally opened my eyes. And I learned so much being coached by him. Um, so I'm super thankful. I mean, I think he changed my life, really. And so he's coaching you pro bono. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here's a little promo for him. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely opened my eyes. Yeah, so that was leading into 2020. There there were a few races I had signed up for that year. But of course, with COVID, everything got canceled. So it was a little bit too bad. But we focused on just doing some FKTs and just having fun out of the mountains. And I would go up to the, the Rockies over Canmore area. And there's just so much that you can run. Um, mm. You can do big, long traverses. Like a, a you could do a what most people would hike in five or six days. You can do it in like six or seven hours. So it's super cool to, to do that. Yeah. So it was, it was just a nice healthy year to get into it and and build a solid base. And then um, I think I was in 2021, I was coaching myself and uh, did Sinister Seven. And that race was quite fun. It finished with a, Arden, Arden Young and I, we were tag teaming that entire race. In the end, I had just caught up to her. Uh, I thought there was a little bit more to that race. And uh, she ended up crossing the finish line and I was 13 seconds behind her. Oh, wow. nice. That's considered a 
tie in ultra. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. yeah, yeah. So that was in a, a 50 miler. So that was pretty fun. And we were both second and third overall. So that was pretty cool. Did you keep up with the climbing as well during the pandemic or was that a little harder to organize? Yeah, I think that first year where I was getting coached by Dave, I was really holding strong onto climbing and I still wanted to do my alpine climbing at the very least. Yeah, and I did find that challenging. It was it was a lot because with climbing, it's the same thing. The more consistent you are, the better a climber you are. Mm. I really do enjoy just feeling like I'm strong in climbing mm. um, mentally and physically. It's just, I, I find it a little bit more enjoyable. And so, yeah, always on my rest days, I would be going climbing and <laughs> my coach would never be super happy. Like, you know, you gotta, you need to rest. But I was like, oh, now I can do my upper body stuff and or I'd go do my long run and then I'd go climbing and and I would definitely feel, okay, this is impacting my climbing abilities as well. So slowly over time, I kind of was decreasing the amount uh, going into climbing. Yeah, I think I think over time, I just realized, okay, if I want to really focus on running, I, I'll have to just... Be okay. Yeah. 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 Be okay with letting it go and climbing will always be there. And so, yeah, someday I can go back to it and, and it's going to be there. But, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But before we get to 2021, the, the kid that beat you, the one kid, do you know where that kid is today? <laughs> In the <this> grade <laughs> school race? <laughs> I know. I shouldn't reach out. Um, yeah. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to 2021 when you took on Run Rabbit Run. Mm-hmm. Was that your first 100 mile or now? Absolutely. Yeah, it was. Wow. And yeah. what made you choose this as your first 100 miler? <laughs> That's a tough race. <laughs> it is a tough race. Yeah. Actually, well, Dave Stevens, he had ran it before September 2020. We both signed up for it. And then, um, so I trained all year for it for that one what, what does a hundred miler even mean? I have no idea. I can't even fathom running a hundred miles. Yeah. So it was just this huge beast. It was, that one was too bad. So during my taper, I got, I got really sick. So I was still feeling those effects going into that race. Yeah. So I I would love to do another hundred miler and give it uh, a real shot in, in good health. So, yeah. (laughs) Did you know who you were up against when you started that race in terms of the the field of women, including Alyssa Saint Laurent and Amelia Boone? Yeah. <laughs> um, the the funny thing is, with all these races, I'm still so new to the ultra running scene. So I'll try to look up people's names and oh, okay, wow, they have this many followers, and wow, they've already ran West Street. <laughs> you know, it, it that is goes down very- a rabbit hole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, it's very, very intimidating. Uh, And sometimes I don't even know whose name to look up. (laughs) But yeah, I did meet Alyssa before the start line. And Arden was there as well. And, you know, we'd been talking about it beforehand. Um, uh, Ever since Sinister, we've we've been uh, good friends. Addie Bracey, I don't think I even really knew her, her name. But yeah, I do remember seeing her during the race and being like, wow. Uh, yeah she's she's hauling <laughs> yeah. it's probably better not 
to know in a way, yeah. right? Because everyone has whatever happens on race day is not necessarily reflective of what you can actually do. So if you're having a good day and they're having a bad day, you know, it's better Mm -hmm. not to get into your head and say, Oh, well, that's my competition. Well, it's not necessarily true. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know with, with Chekinet and then the recent canyons, I, yeah, I kind of fell into that trap where looking Mm -hmm. into names and leading up to the race, everyone's saying, Oh, this is the most competitive field for Chekinet. Oh, canyons is the most competitive 100k in North America, and you're just like, how? What's going to happen here? Like, how do I even have a chance? Right. Um, so yeah, and and it does make you feel small. And then throughout canyons, being in first, just the psychology of that, it really makes you feel really kind of big, or it makes you feel more. It gives you energy. So yeah, you kind of have to really watch that. And I think now learning that lesson twice in a row, it's like you you can't make let that intimidate you. Not at all. Before we get into canyons, I just want to ask, were there any takeaways or surprises that came out of doing your first hundred miler? Was there anything you weren't expecting or or what you brought into canyons? (laughs) <laughs> with your first hundred mile. Yeah, I am so glad I I have that leading into canyons and and now going forward into this season. It's it's just having done a hundred miler, it gives you so much confidence. Like, okay, I can do a hundred miles. It kind of makes you okay. I can do a lot. So yeah, um, yeah, that's I'm super grateful for. With Run Rabbit, there was so many learnings. I had, I learned so much. I my nutrition was really bad during that race. I wasn't getting food down. And I think you've got to get the food down somehow. Yeah. At some of the aid stations, I'd be having miso soup and my crew would be like stocking butter in it behind my back. (laughs) (laughs) They knew I wasn't eating enough. um, Yeah. So that was a huge, huge thing. I really enjoyed the night running. I, I really liked that much more to my surprise it's nice and cool mm. there's something really fun about it where you kind of feel like this animal going throughout the forest <laughs> and you've got your headlight on and you can see all these other headlights and yeah it was really beautiful so I do like the the night running in, in hundred milers or other races yeah so the kind of those two but I, I'd say the nutrition was the the biggest thing that um I lost out on yeah well, that's another thing that's a big unknown too, right? Some days the nutrition works and other days they don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's move on to canyons. Now that you're in the start line of canyons, <laughs> relatively unknown. So no pressure. <laughs> yeah. 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 Kind of no pressure. No, I mean, I put a lot of pressure on myself, I guess you could say. Yeah. Even at that start line, it was kind of hilarious. Uh, the MC was going through all of the elite athletes names and giving them their introductions and definitely highlighting some of the favorites and there I was right behind them kind of okay (laughs) I love it we'll see what happens here (laughs) yeah I felt a bit intimidated too yeah I guess it was it's kind of a nice to have a little secret there exactly so take us through the first half of the canyons how did that feel? Because it's more of a runnable section, the first half. So then how were you kind of jostling position and 
people looking over their shoulder going, oh, who's this blonde girl coming, <laughs> coming out of nowhere? Yeah. Take us through the first half of the canyons. Okay. Yeah. I, I found the first half or well, the first bit of the half quite hilarious. So I knew that first bit, you come out of Auburn, out of downtown and it's on road and there's a slight hill. And then you feed into a double track, which then feeds into a single track. So I knew that single track would become a, a choke likely, but at the same time, I didn't want to blow up in that first even like few kilometers because <laughs> okay, this is 100k, like, don't go to don't go out of the gate too fast. Yeah, I don't have to be in the pack of the elites, but I just want to be watching them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I left off right behind them. Everyone's running lots of people kind of starting to move ahead. I, I remember passing a few women at that point. But yeah, I don't know what happened. And this is where it got a little funny. I must have passed all of the women right there. <laughs> wow. In the first um, 20K, 30K? No, like the first kilometer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> hey guys, if you like what you're hearing so far, then check this out. New for 2022, the Lost Treasure Trail Race calling all trail runners to our brand new event coming to Mansfield, Ontario this May 14th. The Lost Treasure Trail Race features both the 5 and 10K on the beautiful trails at the Mansfield Outdoor Center. As the story goes, the American outlaw Jesse James buried a barrel full of gold coins stolen from a train on his relative's property somewhere in the hills of Malmer. You'll earn your very own coin medal when you cross the finish line. Registration is now open. For more info, go to gotterunracing.com. Now back to Jody and Norm. I didn't even realize it. I in my head, yeah, I, I don't know. There was so many like crowds and groups of people. So and this this is you holding back. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we fed into the double track, and I was still thinking like, oh, these like. 10 women are ahead of me and then it got into the single track which became this bumper to bumper traffic jam and you went really slow and I was getting a little bit frustrated because you can't pass it's like oh man they're they're making such a gap on me right now <laughs> they're probably way ahead just flying down the trails finally you get it widens and it's pretty flat and yeah super runnable and you you're even on road for a while so I was going a pretty steady state like I don't know, 405 or 410 pace in kilometers. And then you start to work your way up. I passed one of the first aid stations. Still thought I, I, I seriously thought I was in 10th or 12th place at that point. And uh, yeah, I kept going. And then around 15K, the sun was coming up. I was just cresting this hill. And there was this man standing there with, he looked like, staff and and right away is like oh he must be a race director he just had that air about him so it's like hey are you the race director like, yeah and amazing course thank you so much and then i could hear him following me running and he <laughs> his his camera out and he was like we have first place female i'm just like what no i'm first place i'm in like 12th place it's like, no, you're the first female. 
I was just like totally blown away. Like you got to be pulling my leg. You must be <laughs> if you are kidding, like, please tell me if this is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, no, I'm pretty sure you're your first place female. So I kept running. Definitely like butterflies are in my stomach. Mm-hmm. to feel the excitement. But then at the same time, I was a little bit skeptical. Like, what if he's wrong? What if he is pulling my leg? <laughs> still didn't really believe him. So um, I was like, okay, like, yeah, I've, I've got this energy coming in. I can take it, but also be still careful that, that I might not have first place. And then leading up into the, the next aid station at 25K, I was still asking the volunteers, like, am I first female? <laughs> wow. What place am I? But then it was so obvious everyone was cheering and they're like, and here we are, the first woman coming through and and stuff like that. So it was kind of like this surreal dream, like, how is this possible? I don't even know. <laughs> do you do you like being chased or would you rather chase? Because now that you know, now you're like, okay, well, where are they? You have no idea where they are. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's a total mental switch where in the past, I had learned from a few of my previous races that at every single aid station, always ask how you're doing, you know, how far ahead is everyone else? How far ahead is the next female? So that was my kind of strategy going into this race. But then, yeah, it's total um, reversal where you're wondering how far behind are they? And so I was trying to ask that, but of course no one could give me the answer. No. But at the same time, it really, really gives you energy. So even before I knew I was in first place, my legs were feeling flat on some of those hills. Mm. um, After it was like the jets just turned on. (laughs) (laughs) Like this rush of energy came through. It held throughout the race. I I definitely think when you're in that first place, the psychology of it, for me, I think it really worked. Um, Right. The second half of the course is now the climbing, right? Mm-hmm. So are you worried now? Okay. Uh, they could be better climbers than I am. I, how do you handle that now? Wondering if they can catch you on the climbing. Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely a bit worried about that. I do a lot of hills in my training. So <laughs> I would say my forte is actually the steady climbs. Anything mm-hmm. that's a grade that's still runnable. I was passing a lot of, of the guys on those hills. Okay, um, that's a boost. <laughs> yeah yeah and then uh yeah in that second half you're just going all the way down like these steep hills and then all the way back up so yeah my legs were definitely getting a bit roasted and then some of those hills I was just having to power hike and and grind it out a little bit worried that people maybe were tapping into like if they had been conserving energy that maybe they were going to be making a comeback yeah so I was really waiting for Deadwood Junction, which is where you do a loop. And then that way I could get the ah, yes. on where people were. And yeah, the aid station people, they were like, oh yeah, I know you're totally fine. You've got a big enough gap that you don't have to worry. I was still like, well, what's the gap? Like <laughs> three minutes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, no number. So the, the ups, I, I wasn't too worried about. And, and the downs, I, I at the start of the race, I was going really fast on the downs. But near the end, some of those downhills were pretty steep and my quads were getting roasted. So even those, I had to slow down a, a fair bit. 
At what point did the were you aware of the course record? Was that mentioned to you or did you know going in? Well, yeah, going in, I am um, super glad I, I looked it up. I mean, I, I was trying to find on Strava Beth Pascal's actually her race, but right. she she hides all of her races when she gets into her race season. <laughs> this may be a good thing, but um, actually in my mind, I thought that her time was 10.03. Mm-hmm. Um, so I memorized the number wrong, but I did look at Abby Hall's, her time and she was 10 and a half. And so I was looking at her splits and everything. That was actually my goal was 10 and a half hours. Okay. And even that was like, I have no idea if this is possible for me. And even that just sounds like super mega crushing. Yeah, that was kind of my goal. But then I guess I realized at the halfway point that I had already surpassed that one, which was kind of cool. It was like that 50K with 2000 meters of vert. It, the time was very similar to my Chuckanut race time. Yeah. Yeah which is actually a 50 K with less, with less vert. So it was like, Oh, okay. I guess I'm doing pretty good here, but at it was 80 K I was at eight hours mm. and I knew there was still 500 to 700 more meters of climbing right? with anywhere from 20 to 15 K left in the race. So okay. it's like, well, that would be totally possible on fresh legs. But at that <laughs> point, I knew it would be cutting close. And then I also knew the last 7K or so was going to be in that snow. Right. It was, it was close. It was cutting it tight for sure. I struggled up those last hills. And then I was actually um, trading places with fellow Canadian runner, uh, Reed Coolsat. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So it was kind of funny. We He would pass me on the hills and then I would pass him on the downhills. <laughs> <laughs> that like four or five times and then um we were both um just head down doing the last big hill and then in my mind I was like okay once we hit the snow I've just gotta put it all out there yeah so that snow in the puddles was just a total mess it was like the sloshiest messiest snow on the side and then these really deep puddles with rocks and logs Ooh. Them that you couldn't see oh dangerous yeah. yeah super dangerous so you're just flopping all over the place <laughs> um trying not to roll an ankle and just really hard to get a rhythm going because you're just falling into these puddles after puddle it was just a total grind but I was just you know ear stretch trying to okay do I hear a crowd yet and <laughs> hold on just hold on and I couldn't even get any food out of my thing so I was bonking at the same time and um, just holding on for dear life and finally yeah rounded that corner and and crossed the finish so yeah yeah by one second wow (laughs) one second that's incredible I'll take it as Beth Pascal and, and major respect to her so um I'll take that one did you hear from her saying, hey, congrats? <laughs> not yet. <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> well, you know that Beth got the record at Canyons last year, and then she went on to win Western States. So is that in your car? Yeah. <laughs> a, little, a, little, a little bit of repeat there? Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Canyons sets you up for it really well. Um, same course and kind of good timing right before and 
Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. But I heard <laughs> that you didn't realize that your ticket was for 2022. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was major misunderstanding on my part. I think somewhere I thought I had read it was for 2023, but obviously not. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, okay. And in nine weeks. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just so you're going to meet Beth at, the, at Western States this year. She'll be there. Yeah, she yeah. has to defend, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. Did you bring your ticket home, Jasmine? <laughs> um. I couldn't quite get it on the plane. So um, I had a buddy that's driving up or my, my aunt who lives in a Sacramento, she might try to mail it up. <laughs> they're, they're bloody big. But some of my friends were like, we got to have a golden ticket party. And <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. I'll get it up. The both said Canadians, the uh, Marion Hogan, and Alyssa McDonald, who also got their golden ticket at Bandera. We asked them the same question. So they both have interesting stories on how they got the ticket home. So we're just okay. wondering. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mine has not gotten home yet, um, okay. unfortunately. So, <laughs> but somehow it'll get its way. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's going to be an amazing Canadian contingent at Western this year because so many of them deferred from the previous two years because of COVID. So in fact, you are, you are our 15th Canadian that we chatted with who's going to be at Western this year. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty exciting. Pretty yeah. exciting. Including this guy. He's, he's running too. Oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I hope to, I hope to stay with you for two minutes. <laughs> <At the beginning>. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. It's, it's going to be quite the thing. And yeah, just, all the people and, and yeah, running that course. I feel so incredibly grateful that it lucky that it's happening so early in my career. So mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I'm still learning all the names of different Canadian runners and, and people have been reaching out like, Hey, I'll see you at Western. And if you need any help with anything or any tips, um, yeah, just learning the logistics and the crewing and, where to stay and, and stuff like that. So I'm sure you've had some pacers volunteering too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a few people I don't even know. Who have <laughs> yeah. That's right. You know? So that's really cool. <laughs> Tell us about your Everest challenge. We were reading about it on Instagram. It sounds pretty cool. Mm-hmm. There's a local um, nonprofit organization and they do a lot of climate change advocacy and they, they raise funds for, it can be anything from wildlife conservation to protecting old growth forests in British Columbia, or what they've been doing is going around to all of the towns in my region and the Kootenays, trying to get the cities to commit to going to all renewable energy. Mm-hmm. And so with that, the city would be helping implement any sort of support for people getting more electric cars and, and making their cities more, more green in that sense. So they've been, they've been doing really great work the last many, many years. I'm, I'm helping out with a little fundraiser and uh, to do that, um, kind of my metaphor of climate change, how it, how it can feel so big and, and overwhelming to tackle such such a big issue like a huge mountain <laughs> um, <laughs> um yeah i'm hoping to do the everest challenge which would be um you know hitting that nine thousand meter mark or 
in my head, I'm like, uh, if you're at 9,000 meters, maybe I'll just do 10, 10,000, but round it up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So I'm hoping to do that, uh, near end of May and, and we'll see how that goes with Western States training now, but, um, yeah, it would be doing that 9,000 meters and there's the local, hill in Nelson where I live I would be doing 12 to 14 repeats on it to get that amount of vert and with that's it being- a hill that's a that's a hill it's a hill yeah um, <laughs> or elephant mountain and uh you know you go up and it's called flagpole it's usually one of the busiest trails in town. So it's kind of fun. Actually, I've been doing a few repeats on it for my training for canyons. And, you know, you, you see people a few times and they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so this time I'm sure I'll, I'll see a lot of people, but that way more people can join me throughout the day and, mm-hmm. and runners can come out or people can come have like an aid station. But I mean, I would be doing it. It would be 20 plus hours to, to finish. Um, How do we pledge? How do we support you? Where do we go to Mm -hmm. to support? So there is a link in my my Instagram bio. Um, The West Kootenai Eco Society uh, has got my my Everest Challenge fundraiser. And then, yeah, you can donate there. And people can donate like five bucks, 10 bucks, 50, 100, whatever you want. It's it's more just chip in a little bit and then it it all adds up. So yeah, any donations are greatly appreciated. I was trying to raise, we, we gold for 500 before the day, but in, I'd love to get a, a thousand and then um, on the day, yeah, be accepting more donations throughout it. Um, nice. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, we'll include the link to that uh, on the podcast the for notes. sure. Yeah. yeah. Great. <laughs> thank you so much. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been yeah. great. Yeah, thank you, Paul. It's been really fun. <laughs> now, we know you're in hot, a hot commodity right now, but you need to rest up for Western. <laughs> so yeah. don't be afraid to say no. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, still getting used to this whole thing. And, uh, but it's, it's been exciting. And I think a lot is going to happen in the next two months in terms of, yeah, I guess my running career. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe on the start line at Western dye your hair black so no one's going to recognize there you you. go there you go (laughs) yeah i can still be hidden yeah (laughs) before we let you go we just have a fun little rapid fire if you don't mind yeah a few quick questions here what's your go-to snack at an aid station Ooh, go-to snack uh in the well in the latter half of the the races i really like potatoes so Mm. if there's potatoes and bacon or salted potatoes that's that's my jam for sure okay butter tarts or nanaimo bars Ooh, that's a tough one <laughs> might have to do butter tarts right now <laughs> Ooh, all of bc is booing you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. i love them both but i would go for butter tart right now <laughs> what's your favorite winter and summer olympic sport to watch Mm, good question yeah with the winter i was watching a lot of the the skiing the different jumping stuff and Mm. 
yeah, just find that totally mind blowing, even the snowboarding. Ooh, summer. I didn't watch Olympics last time in the summer. I would have watched the the climbing. <laughs> yeah, just just because it's getting into the Olympics. I would really love to have some trail mountain racing. Yes. In the Olympics. Oh, um, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make that happen. Um, probably, yeah, the climbing. I, I don't know. Back in the day when I was a kid, I'd always watch the triathlon. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, pretty exciting. Did you watch. did you watch Reed Coolset in his Olympics? No, um, <laughs> yeah. I should go back. But it was kind of cool. Like Dave was saying back in the day, he used to watch Reed. Uh, you know, um, when yeah. he was there and, and things like that. So, yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are you superstitious? Yeah. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. yeah. If things line up. I'm sometimes the worst at making decisions. And if I'm like waiting for a sign, okay, okay. Now I can make this decision. Oh. <laughs> yeah. If, if things line up and it just feels serendipitous, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> do you listen to music or podcasts when you run? When I'm training. Yeah, I, I do quite a bit. It just spices it up or it makes it feel more fun. Sometimes it feels like you're having a dance party in your head. <laughs> or on the mountain <laughs> yeah on the mountain um have to be careful with bear season coming around the corner and then i'll listen to podcasts on my easy runs and and things like that but yeah it's good uh speaking of music what's the last concert you went to Ooh, oh boy uh man with covid <laughs> <laughs> that's the trick right <laughs> remembering <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I can't even remember right now. It, it might have been something local. Mm. Um, we've got a really good band called Moon Tricks. They're a local Kootenai band. Check them out. They've got really fun uh, dance music and they're kind of, uh, ooh, they mix in. It's like electronic mixed with more country style music, oh, I guess. Wow. Yeah, bluegrass kind of thing. But. Mm. Moon yeah. tricks. Moon tricks. Yeah. Okay. We're going to check them out. Well, thank yeah. you again. This has been awesome. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Jasmine here on the Gotta Run Racing Podcast. Thanks, yeah. Jasmine. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you both so much. Have a great day. And, and we'll, we'll see you at Western. I'll see you at Western. I'll see you at the start line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very soon. <All> right. <laughs> sure is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> All right, there you have Jasmine. The sport of ultra running is relatively young, but here we have an example of a next generation coming up. Yes. Jasmine's just turned 30. <laughs> She's only done a handful of races. She's going to Western. And uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I can't wait to follow her career and see what she does next. Absolutely. No. Oh. Until next time. We are your hosts, Jody and Norman. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Please visit our website, gotterunracing.com, for more details and join us on social media at Racing on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can support our channel by joining us on Patreon. All of the links can be found in the show notes. Thanks for listening and see you next time.